Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Great Air Blitz, 309 in the house. Today, big show of the Blitz. We are we have the Orlando Anarchy talking about WFA 2020 in the house. Later in the hour, we are going to be talking to NRPR uh, owner and the talented uh, Nicole Rodriguez on her new book, uh, Beverly Hills uh, Boss. And we're going to talk about a little bit of Raiders in terms of the move to Vegas and some of that stuff that goes on with PR there as well. And we're going to dive in today into uh, the XFL Week 3. Also going to dive into later in the hour, Women's Gridiron News internationally with a lot of changes and moves, especially in Finland. And we're going to talk XFL uh, Week 3 exclusively with Nate Ward coming in in about an hour. Mackenzie Brooks should be here also in but within the hour. And we're going to kick it off right now with the return of the uh, – all-Star Utah Falcons for the WNFC 2020, and that would be Holly Custis in the house. Holly, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, how's how's your time off been? Been pretty uh, eventful. Um, yeah, I've been traveling back and forth on the weekends down to Utah for practice, and I just started a new day job last week, so it's been a little hectic, but great. All right, so a little bit of moves on either side, huh? Wow. How's the uh, Utah yeah. trip? Good? Oh, it's great. Um, <clears throat> everyone down there is so nice. And every time I go, I feel very encouraged. And um, I've really, you know, found a, a family dynamic down there um, that's pretty amazing. And I'm excited for the season. All right, so you guys are uh, number two top dog is what you went to from number four. So, uh, totally different element in terms of, you know, the standard, I guess, especially when you talk to uh, Coach Rasmussen. So they don't usually lose very often, Holly. So <laughs> I guess it's a good thing for you. Yes. Uh, I mean, going into this season, um, having the opportunity uh, to play my last year with this type of organization that has the history that it does, um, it was kind of a, a no-brainer for me. I played with and against some of these girls for a long time, so I, I, I knew a lot of them beforehand as well. And it just seems to be um, definitely a cultural fit for me. Um, so I'm excited to see what this season brings for sure. Yeah, uh, 2020 WNFC, we're going to be kind of diving into it in the month of March as we get closer to April. We're also going to dive into the – Detroit Dark Angels schedule uh, for the w, uh, WFA 2020 season. So, um, Holly, let's just d- dive in here. Big news, uh, you know, coming out pretty much in women's sports, the big news uh, was the uh, lawsuit by the uh, United States women's uh, national team with the uh, United States Soccer Federation. Um, so if, if, you didn't miss, if you didn't catch the article, you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties there, and you can get the article there. Uh, before we start on the article, I want to just thank everybody for taking advantage of our 40% off sale. That was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, really, really appreciate everybody going to the hub uh, and then linking out to there and then going to um, 
dazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties. So it's going to be uh, one of those weekends. It was really great. Uh, the special is uh, this week's special is going to be 25% off. So you can still take advantage of t-shirts, uh, leggings, or anything else. So uh, if you haven't gone to the shop at the Nojo Football Shop, uh, take advantage of that. And if you subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks in the U.S., you get free shipping. So, um, Holly, literally, I got to break it down, okay? Uh, the debate has been in the past they don't make enough revenue, uh, you know, to, to sustain what they want in terms of income. And now, you know, they make this whole thing about, okay, they, a woman's soccer player and a men's soccer player somehow – Skillfully and physically, I guess not on the same level. That's that was my understanding. Ah, man, it, this one there's so many angles that uh, you can take on it. And for me, it really boils down to it's a it's an employment issue, right? And so if you're in the workplace and you have um, two people who are just as qualified as each other. And they have the same background, same skill set, um, and they're producing the same. And one happens to be a man and one happens to be a woman. You can't just pay the man more because he's a man. And that's basically the sum of their argument, um, which is it's so frustrating as a female athlete. It's almost just it's not funny um, because not only are the women keeping up with the men, in all these metrics, they're, they're outpacing them in most of them. Um, they have been successful where the men have struggled. They've pulled in numbers when the men have not. They've gotten media attention where the men have not. So all these factors, if you're looking at them from a production side and if your argument on their side is, well, men are just better, that's not the case. And so their argument actually you know, leads itself to say, okay, well, if you're going to go through production as a lens, then women should be paid more than than the men at this point because they're out producing them right now. And then they also go on in this article um, to basically have the argument of like, well, well, the men have it harder because their tournament is different. And so basically what they're saying is, well, we have to pay them in more because they're not as good. And that just doesn't make any sense. Any kind of athletic competition ever, you tend to earn more the better you do. And that's that's in a lot of industries in life. And so it's not the women's fault the men's team isn't very good. It happens to be on the men's side that a lot of the male athletes that are really good go to other sports, and that's not the problem of the, the remaining male players, and that's not the problem of the female players. It is what it is, and that has no bearing on what you should be paying the women. And the fact that you have to argue between the sexes at all says that you don't care about these women as athletes. And you're also saying to the future girls who are growing up who might want to play for you one day, that they don't matter because no matter how good they are, no matter how much work they put in, no matter how the results go in a positive direction, you still think that they aren't good enough because of their anatomy. And that's so sad. And I'm really hoping that this is just a really awful PR move that they're just trying to throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. But it screams to me of desperation 
because really what they're fighting over um, the, on the women's side, they came in with a um, an expert that was talking about how much back pay these women might be owed, and it was around $66 million. So you're fighting over $66 million, which in the long term is really not that much. And if you were smart about it, you could even bridge the gap by coming up with some sort of progressive plan to make that gap close as quickly as possible, still retain your reputation. But they won't even do that. They're they're just going to complete, like, we don't care that you all know that we're sexist because we're still going to get paid and we want to save as much money as possible. We don't want to pay $66 million. And it's very short-sighted because the amount of revenue that they would generate by creating more equal pay in the long run would pay off more than saving $66 million. So no matter which angle you take, it looks bad. That's my mini rat. Um, Holly, is it FIFA's issue? Because basically FIFA has not put the women's uh, game on the same level as the men's game either in that sense. So is it more like the FIFA yeah. needs to dictate this versus the individual federations? I mean, there's some I think there's some teams there's some teams in German in uh, like say Germany or I mean some of the top mm-hmm. women's leagues or some of the top women's squads in like Europe, for example, some of them get mm-hmm. uh, equal billing like the men's, but they don't get right. obviously the pay scale. In other words, you know what I'm saying? Right. So right. FIFA itself. As an example, for me, is the big gorilla that needs to change the narrative, needs to change right. the way, you know, the way the male and men's and women's teams. Short term, from what the article said, short term, the women's game has exploded. In other words, right? right. I mean, the women's game has only been around for what ten years, probably, if at that. So in the short right. term, it has exploded, right? To your point, it's gotten right. more fanfare, right? because of the fact that right. they, there's a better skilled team on the planet. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to say, what, I'm sorry, but your tournament is puny compared to the men's tournament. Well, technically there's not that many women's teams, so whatever the tournament can haul in, right, is what we're right. dealing with. And based on that, they're the best team on the planet, <laughs> based on your rules and right. tournament and, and structure, right? So I I, I don't understand how – I, I I can you know I'll debate you on it like in in just a regular sense okay so big enough like the men in terms of revenue and sponsors and okay that's fine cool right uh, the other debate was mm-hmm. what uh, they want they want accommodations you know like uh, uh, pregnancy leave and all these other things which the men's do which is to your point kind of dumb because it shouldn't be right. a male to female ish uh, debate it's it's basically a scale of revenue debate. So if you have right. $66 million available, okay, it, if it can't be equal, then maybe it's 64, 60, you know what I mean? It's like a closer percentage. Right. And then if you're asking them, hey, okay, I need you to prove yourself for the next two years, and then you get this money. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like they, they're not – to your point, they're not really <laughs> making a valid reason why they shouldn't get paid equally. <laughs> right. It's just – it's kind of you know, absurd, in other words. It, it boils down, and this is a problem in all, you know, women's sports, really. But 
it boils down to if you are in um, any kind of role within sports, no matter what sport it is, to look at the big picture. And women have not had the same opportunity that men have had since Title IX was only about 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be women weren't allowed to play certain sports because men were afraid that their uh, reproductive organs wouldn't last through a run. You know, so mm-hmm. we have had not the same amount of time to develop, right? And we're still fighting to develop. And in this little 50-year segment, we've come so far so quickly, and it's it's a basically a snowball the growth in women's sports in, in many different avenues is exponential. So if you have any kind of vision, if you're an administrator of any kind of sport, and um, you should realize that more than half the population on this planet are, are women. And so it's an untapped talent market. If you're looking at it from a business perspective, it's the same thing when finally we've had more and more CEOs that are, are women. It's still nowhere where it should be, but it's still it's still better than where it was, and we're progressing towards Holly, the right direction. Is it an acceptance right? thing? It could be an acceptance I think thing, it's right? A, they don't want to accept the really, fact that the women's game yes. is getting more popular, and that the women's right, you know, in terms of fanfare, is get, get garners more fanfare. Right. Right. So um, my thing is just like it's kind of absurd to say, okay, well, our men's team has to compete with what 120 teams on the planet. Okay, well, that's their choice. And if you can't field a competitive team, then that's not the women's problem. (laughs) If the women can field a competitive team, then that's a bonus for you (laughs) because they're on. Right. You're representing the same country. So that's why I'm like. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I, and I think, like, if you are from their lens and you're thinking, well, I want to be a steward of this sport and in this country, you should want to invest in these women because this is an untapped market that's finally starting to get some momentum. It will pay off in the long term if you invest now. But if you snub your nose at it, you're going to have the same thing happen that happened on the men's side where the better female athletes don't want to play soccer anymore. So then you actually hurt your game in the long run, right? And, and well, so the, I really the feel – the sport in terms of the national, the national team, is, you know, to right. your point, it's kind of absurd because you're saying, okay, the men are not as competitive on the world stage with 120 teams. Okay, well, that's not an issue of – you don't have enough, you know, player pool because you have a player pool. That means you're either not selecting right. the proper skill set players to compete on a world stage, right? Well, on the women's right. side, I think the only mock was what? Uh, okay, they got beat by a under-17 boys team, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's the counter argument. Well, they can't even compete with the under-17 boys team, so why should we give them all this money? <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> they weren't even playing on a tournament level. And they probably didn't have their best players in that under-17 tournament. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They didn't yeah. have the big-name yeah. players. Like, like, you're not going to field, you know, your best team against an under-17 team if it's just a somewhat of a scrimmage, right? right? If you're on a world stage, right. then you're going you're gonna to field the best players. I just don't understand that yeah. argument either. I think it, it really, like, they're, they're grasping at straws, and it, it's – 
Like, yep. okay, look at the difference between this situation and the WNBA situation, right? The WNBA yep. long has been in a similar spot where they've been underpaying people, right? And then they just made this move recently to try to bridge that gap at least a little bit. That move shows that at least they have the vision to acknowledge, okay, this is going somewhere. We're going to invest in it. And I also noticed. You know what I mean? Right. They're making inroads uh, because the, the WNBA itself understands yeah. that in order for them to garner more revenue, you know, or to gather more revenue, the players themselves understand they have to elevate their game to a more, uh, you know, visible state in terms of regional coverage mm-hmm. and everything else in order for the players to benefit from that too. So they understand that. Right. Right. And I feel like, um, you know, I've, I've seen women's sports start to get more and more attention. So I just think it's mind blowing that you wouldn't see that that's where, that's where athletics are going in a general sense. Like this is where we're all going. There's more women coaching. There's more women in administrative roles. There's more women playing. There's more women on commercials. Like uh, another sport I wanted to bring up and all that. The interest for, you know, for marketing purposes, let's just go with marketing because I, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. social media marketing, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's something that you either have to embrace now because it it only benefits you in the long term. You know, if I don't, if we don't promote women's American football now, right? Because it's because apparently the XFL and the NFL are too big for us to even penetrate something. Um, right. That just means that you're not doing a, a very good job of, of promoting the sport that sh- that needs to garner that attention, right? So right. we talked to Odessa before, right? What did she say? Right. We have to hook up, and we have to show value to you know sponsors, right. and show value to other people in order for them to say, let's take a gamble on you. Yeah, this is no different than the men's. Let's go ahead and showcase right. you. It's really what the conversation it, has to end up with, just the way it's got to be. I, what I also notice in the similar vein to that is look at women's college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. For about forever, it was UConn, Stanford, UConn, UConn, Stanford, Stanford, UConn, Stanford, right? And your girl over the duck. Now, huh? yeah, well, it helps that my team's like in the mix and has been in the mix. But overall – the product has gotten better the last maybe five to 10 years because there's more competition at the top. It's no longer the best players just go to one school every year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more, uh, the talents were like uh, divvied out, you know, and the product has become better. So now I'm seeing everywhere updates about women's uh, college basketball, about who beat who on a, on a nightly basis. That didn't happen even a few years ago. So it's the same thing that uh, OJ the has Pac-10 talked about and we've talked thank, about. The Pac-10 should thank Oregon for putting us on notice. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, my, like, yeah, I, the, the, I got to tell you, my Oregon Duck team is the best that uh, our school's ever had. And the scary part is the recruiting class coming in next year is even better. But that being said, well, it's really encouraging as a female athlete to start seeing that. But then you have this article and all these things happening with soccer, and you're just like, crap, we have so much further to go. Um, so I hope that the jury that is, you know, listening to this uh, sees through, you know, 
um, the antics that they're trying to pull, and I hope that it ends up the way it should end up. But right now, it's gosh, it's frustrating. The only reason I bring it up is because we have momentum building in our own sport, and you would think at mm-hmm. some level, right, we're going to get to that stage where, you know, we don't have the, the structure that the soccer structure has. You know, we don't have the FIFA pool right. in that regard. But what I'm saying is just the article is kind of reflective of how our, you know, in terms of a value yet, um, in, right. in terms of like you know, to showcase it. So if we if we mm-hmm. have that same attitude from sponsors or from you know people that obviously can't see the value of it, then we're going to have the same right. roadblock right? because they're like, okay, well you don't have an audience, so you don't need to be, show-. you know what I mean? So it's like you get to that right. stage where people are just they turn a blind eye and go like, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sport. Okay. Well, if you can put what professional Frisbee <laughs> on ESPN right. three, and you're telling me that generating more sponsors, you know, it's, it's, it's so it's sort of like absurd in some ways when you start making a conversation about comparing one sport to the next and why one sport's not on TV, even on a regional right. basis, it kind of makes me laugh. You know what I mean? So um, let's go, let's go into the huddle. Uh, sponsored by Zazzle.com. So if you missed the 40% sale Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you can still go to the hub and get the link there at the Shop Now tab. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Corona Beauties. Get 25% off T-shirts, tanks, and anything else you want to get there. Um, thanks for supporting the brand. A big weekend sales for us, and I really, really appreciate it. And thank you guys for doing that. Really appreciate it. Helps us bring awareness to the sport. Also helps us spotlight other talented athletes like uh, Dana Syke, uh, Lexi Demio, Anna Garza, Sasha Cruz, uh, Tatiana Blaze, Phoebe Sketcher, Amanda Ewers, Stacey Jackman, and I can go on and on and on. So we've got over 20 Nojo football athletes for 2020, and I want to thank them for believing in our brand and bringing awareness to women's American football. All right, let's go in and bring in the talented uh, owner of the Orlando Anarchy, and that would be Melinda Sparks. In the house. Hello. Linda, how are you doing? Doing good. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. We can hear you loud and clear. Okay. I was just making sure. Um, yeah, I'm we're doing good. good. Uh, Melinda, uh, you finally you finally take the jump. D2. What did they do? Flip your arm? Twist it? What happened? Um, well, it was time to move, and we had won the D3 championship, so... We moved uh, our regular season. We still have the same regional com- competition, but we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, every year is a new year. Um, we, you know, look at the opponents and get ready for the year. All right. So, Melinda, uh, Dixie Blues, Wave Runners, and Fury, pretty much on your schedule right. at this point, right? Right. Miami also. So you're doing the four, uh, you're doing the Florida swing for the eight weeks, which is probably more cost effective anyways for travel, right? Well, yeah, but remember, Florida is a big state. Okay. No, I understand. <laughs> I realize that. Yeah. So um, we do have to travel to the Carolina Phoenix. That'll be our first game. Yeah, it's, it's, that should be probably. I think that's your furthest spot, right? For in regular season. Yeah. Besides the in Florida swing. Season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Melinda, we talked about in the past how successful your team's been, even with the struggles, like you said, to get roster rostered in, and you know, and and during the in season, obviously injuries and everything else. So, um, I want to say we're excited to see the Anarchy compete in D two. 
It's really what our, uh, us as fans. Well, um, I, I, we're excited to be in D2 also, but, um, you know, we take it one game at a time. We, we, I've always felt that, you know, the WSA uh, just is a group of teams for logistical reasons. They broke us up at one time. Um, we, we're excited to be in D2, but, you know, this is where we are. We're going to move through and work for a championship. Um, it's uh, not to negate or anything, but D2 is just a title. We, uh, we have to walk through each and one of these games, play well, and get into the playoffs. All right, so success in D in D three last year, you took up on uh, you faced that uh, you know up and coming Nevada Storm, which also moves up to uh, D two this year. So really promising and exciting for fans to watch two programs that were staples in in D three. Really now, uh, where our anticipation is how competitive you'll be in D two. So it's for, as a fan and on fans' perspective, we're really really stoked. I'm pretty sure, you know, your players are probably stoked as well to try to see what you're able to do in this, uh, you know, upper division in, in that sense. Yes, we are. We are. We, we're going to we're going to work very hard. We're going to perform well. And, um, you know, our plans are to get the playoffs again. And, and you know, we'll see who we face in the playoffs. Um, with the, uh, the moves and the shifts that have happened, playoffs ought to be very interesting. I really can't say who's getting there this year. I I hope that, um, you know, we get there and, and can make it all the way to the big dance. Um, we want to get back to Denver, but we'll remember the bug spray because, boy, the mosquitoes out there were unreal. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. Oh, um, Melinda, I, how excited are you as an owner? WFA, big sponsors, Wilson, brought in K-Tape. Uh, now we got 11 sports. Uh, as a you know, as a, a filter here to try to get more eyes to the sport. Um, so on an ownership type level, you guys have you know, in terms of the brand, have started to elevate at a at a higher level in terms of sponsorships, awareness, you know, bringing more attention to the to the league in itself. Definitely this year, definitely some things have turned the corner. It doesn't hurt, you know, having a female coach in the NFL in the Super Bowl. Um, those kind of things have helped greatly to get the word out. Um, we're starting to, you know, when I go into social situations in the city, not everybody goes who and what. They're starting to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're able to, um, as you said earlier in the soccer conversation, have more, um, I guess would say, a level playing field to even – ask the mm-hmm. question for sponsorship and, and to reach out and, you know, not get giggled off of the plate. Melinda, you got talented players returning. Do we have, you know, uh, any of the names that you can throw out to us? Uh, who's the returning yeah, best? And then, come back. Any, any new ones that we need to watch out for? Uh, yeah, we have some very good uh, new players. Um We've got Anna Ferguson. She played rugby. She's joining us. Um, we have a couple of people that are returning. Um, like I said, Candace Hunter and Paige Cox and uh, Constance Sobers. Um, good, strong players joining us. Michelle Anthony. Um, 
Spices Booth is a new player. Uh, Lisa Nguyen is coming. She's new. Um, one of the things that, you know, is, is a struggle with women's sports is that, you know, these women have to find time between family and work and school to play with us. So when players can't continue with us, it's usually because of work or family or whatever. So each year we have to bring players from zero to football, and um, our coaches do an excellent job of getting up to speed and explaining things so that they can understand it. it. That's the part that always amazes me every year is that, you know, we do take some people literally from zero to football and, and to watch them grow and, and become successful in their position and on the team is, is always pretty amazing. All right. So uh, you have some, you know, your quarterback's returning, which is a good thing because the system stays the same and everything else, the balancing state of it. Um, the wave runners probably, you know, looking forward to obviously competing with a high level program like yourselves, the Dixie Blues as well didn't have a, such a great season last year. Uh, Miami. So um, if you look at it from a 2019 lens, uh, you guys should be the favorites, you know, to kind of you know go into the eight week season with a six and two, maybe five and three, or even you know seven and one in that attitude from from a fan perspective. So our expectations are a little higher for you guys, I guess, based on your D3 uh, resume. That's true. We we hope to play strong. We hope to play well. Um, you know, but I, I, each and every team in the league goes through um, this fluctuation every year. So, you know, you cannot negate any opponent. You know, I always respect anybody we play. Um, every year is a new scenario. Um, you have to really, really work. Um, that's the one thing that in this town especially, um, we have people working two and three jobs, trying to go to school, taking care of their families, and, you know, trying to, you know, find time to devote to football. And, and you know, it really is a, um, a genuine uh, personal struggle sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I, and I, how excited are you to go to New York for the transatlantic oh. Yeah, the Transatlantic Tournament 2 in New York in September, from September 3rd through the 7th, we're extremely excited and extremely honored to be a part of that tournament. Uh, that's put together by the Women's Gridiron Foundation, and um, it's going to be six teams over those few days, and um, definitely excited. That We're very excited to be and honored to be part of that tournament. I know Dana's excited to be there. I'm going to see if I can try to make it out there in September. I'm trying to figure out a way to get my booking and stuff because of things that are happening at home and things like that. But other than mm-hmm. that, I'm, I want to make that trip up there as well. Uh, maybe looking forward to Colorado as well. Uh, but uh, you know, at this point, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, the, for the WFA championship is really looking forward to that as well. So, um, so we'll see. Right. We'll see how it you know, works out with plans and stuff like that. Um, the the excitement with the three coaches NFL so it, you said it it actually has allowed you to kind of like open eyes in terms of sponsorships and things like that so that's I guess that's a good thing in terms of how the brand is being right um, taken right. care of and then we it, talked to we talked to Win last week and she was really stoked about the um, the things that are happening within the brand uh, this weekend uh, WFA team united at South Beach Bowl and it's going to be at, in Florida 
and you got Team United going up against uh, Mixed Fun Lexfa. So uh, WFA kind of making a little moves, even on a uh, traveling team mentality, and now more sponsorships, and obviously the alumni makes a big difference when they're in the spotlight in the NFL. Exactly. I mean, um, the uh, just the ability to for some of these uh, corporations to see a woman in that position, um, you know, some people make the joke that some people are visual learners and they have to see it before they believe it. Um, That sort of happens. You know, you can talk to some of these people forever and ever and ever, and they just can't put two and two together. But now with the ability to have a face with, you know, coaching football and different, you know, elements, it has made a huge difference. People are are willing to talk to you now. Before they didn't they didn't want to. They didn't have a concept. They didn't know what direction you were trying to go. And um, it's it, it is finally opening the doors to at least have a dialogue. You may not win every conversation, but at least you know you get to get in there and um, you know you know plead your case. Well, it's and it's actually nice. To have, hey, by the way, we're sponsored by Wilson. Wilson, Wilson believes in us, right? Oh, yeah. K-Tape. You know, it's nice to have, mm-hmm. throw out some actual big-name corp companies to really get you going there. So let me bring in um, Holly to kind of pick your brain on here for Orlando Anarchy 2020. And then we'll get Mackenzie as okay. well to type pick your brain up. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good to hear from you. I think I'm doing good. You? Great, great. Um, so I'm really excited that you guys have moved on up the chain to uh, D2. I think that is awesome. Um, I'm excited to see uh, what that uh, looks like for you guys. Um, who do you think will be the toughest matchup uh, in the regular season so far? I think it would be the Carolina Phoenix. I definitely think that the, um, they will be the strongest team that we play um, the Carolina teams have fluctuated in the last few years as far as who's playing where. So um, they've always been a strong competition. So I definitely see Carolina being a um, – and they're sort of the unknown coming in on this season. Right. That's a, that's an awesome choice. Um, and then has the jump to D2 – uh, amped up the excitement for your players, or, or is that helping with the numbers and the excitement? I think it's helped with the players. Um, our fans are our fans. They don't really right. understand the division between D3 and D2, and to explain it to them, they get confused. Mm-hmm. They just know they come out and they have a really good time at our games. And um, right. so – it's a little hard to message to the general fan in the area, but um, from fans inside the league, they definitely understand that there's a difference. And yes, it will be, it is a move and we will have to work. And um, mm-hmm. I think that that's our coaches have got this under control and, and we'll be successful this season. Awesome. And um, hopefully um, everything goes right and you get into the playoffs. Do you think the jump in competition in the playoffs will uh, mean that you guys will prepare differently when that happens, or do you think it will be pretty similar to what you guys have done before? Well, it does bring a new nuance. I mean, um, it's a whole new grouping of who we could possibly play. 
Um, so that, mm-hmm. I mean, that is definitely the unknown. And so, you know, definitely we'll have to be always looking into the future, what's going on while we're preparing for the next game. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else that's new. You've got to, you know, really just watch a lot of different things at the same time. Um, right. You know, all these teams at one time played on, on the same pool, you know, and then it was divided right. up and now they have the divisions. So um, it will be interesting. It will be interesting. Awesome. And, you know, you guys have had so much success in the last few years here. What is in the Orlando sauce? What do you think culturally has made you guys so successful? Oh, I think it's been our coaches and then our players' ability just to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. One of our uh, coaches said that he likes coaching women because they don't have bad habits. They they didn't go through the, the, the school system where, you know, certain routes, and I use the term as, you know, routines, um, happened. Mm-hmm. So um, it's always a fresh slate. And, um, you know, it is interesting, like I said, every year to see a new player go from zero to football. And when the light bulb goes off, it's like, yeah, she got it. She finally got it. So <laughs> that, that part makes it fun. You know, there's some giggles and whatever and when there's a few mistakes made. But when they finally get it, it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I I always um, like seeing that uh, with my teammates too. When the light bulb goes off and they start to get it, it's awesome. Um, yeah. And what do you think about the announcement of the national championship in, back in uh, Colorado? I I think it's great. It was it was a good uh, facility, um, and I, I I think it's it's a, it's a it's a good spot. I, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I am joking about the mosquitoes, but honest to goodness, there was a couple of those things <laughs> over to Korsky helicopters. I swear they were huge. So um, <laughs> they were they were very big. Um, I think it was good. Um, it was sort of interesting when they you know, made everything, got everything together really well, but they moved the game back because they were complaining about the heat. When you come from right. Florida, we act, we actually were getting cold that night, okay? That was not right. a hot night. <laughs> <laughs> By the you know? Quarter, we start, yeah, fourth quarter, we were getting nippy. <laughs> <laughs> Perception and uh, uh, where you're coming from, it, it, it's, that's reality. So I, I get oh, it yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm really excited to see what you guys uh, do this season. Um, I've always, you know, of course, been a fan of your team. I just well, love um, the fact that you guys have, you know, step by step, brick by brick, built this uh, this organization, and it's it's definitely fun to watch you guys. Um, and so I'll be interested to see how you do, and I'll be rooting over here in Seattle for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Mac, you ready? I am. Hello. Hi, how you doing today? Doing okay. All right, so I just have a couple questions. So, first of all, congrats on moving to D2. I'm excited you. for you guys. Oh, man. Oh, you guys are going to dominate. I'm, I'm excited to see this. Um, so my first question is, is, with you guys moving to D2, what are you – 
what would you say you're most excited to see with the jump itself moving from uh, one tier to another? Uh, there, there's always a lot of factors uh, as an owner moving into another tier. And then when you look at it from a player's perspective, um, again, I go back to we're going to take it one, one game at a time, but it allows us, I, I guess, I mean, to validate who we are. Um, uh, the victories we've had in the past were not a fluke. We definitely worked very hard to get those. Um, and we want to we continue to have a successful program. We're going to work hard to win. Um, and, you know, as, as much as a, as a player I enjoy playing, um, part of the reason I continue to do this is that there's always an outlet for women to play football. You know, some places they've had to, you know, take a season off or, or aren't fielding a team in the city anymore because of logistics and all kinds of factors that weigh on women's football in a city. Um, and so, you know, D2 moves, definitely a validation. Um, definitely going to be a lot of hard work involved to, to maintain and grow. Um, but, you know, uh, our focus is on the championship and, um, See where we go from there. Absolutely. You know, you always want to, um, once you make a a jump like that, you know, you always, and and not so much, you know, because you said yourself, you guys have worked so hard to get your program to where it's at now, you know, and now it's just kind of continuously proving to everybody else, you know, now that you're into the next tier. So, and to be honest, I think, I think you guys are going to have zero problems with that whatsoever. I'm I'm so excited. I'm not even going to lie. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm just like, man, I know I'm I'm like being a player of the game myself and being a fan of the sport, always, you know, being able to see teams go from one level to another and then, you know, going to another level is super exciting. And it's always fun to watch, especially like when it's going into, you know, a new season. Super awesome. I love it. Well, so thank you. With that being, we you are excited. Um, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I would hope so. Yeah, well, we are. It's just, you know, the reality is, we, you know, we're slightly over a month away from our first game and, and you know, just, you know, um, I don't take any of this thought lightly. I mean, we've got to prepare for our, our opponents and, and um, you know, move through the season and be successful and, you know, hope we don't have any injuries. And, um, you know, <laughs> then we all pile in the micro minivan and go to Denver. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, with positives comes, you know, the not-so-positives and the negatives. So what do you think – uh, probably first as an owner and then as a player. As an owner, what do you think is going to be a, one of your biggest challenges going from uh, tier three to tier two? Uh, just the travel logistics um, when we hit the playoffs. Um, it's probably, you know, we'll probably be on the road for for all of the playoffs, um, getting that squared away. Um, you know, that part of that's fun. You know, I'll get to go someplace new. You know, and part of that, oh, can we all get there on Friday night? Can we all do this? Can we all do that? Um, you know, the, the 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 logistics of uh, you know getting the team all going one way or the other is, as I jokingly call it, it's like herding cats sometimes. But um, you know, 
you know, we're excited. It's definitely a new year, a uh, new division, and, you know, really, you know, do our best to play well and um, try to knock it out of the park this year. Absolutely. You know, you, there's, always, there's always that that level of, or where we're going to, you know, where we're going to go this year or, you know, what other teams are going to be out there for, you know, for us to test our best ability. Right. So, and I think with, you know, with moving from D3 to, to D2, that's exactly what you're going to get. And I don't think the level of competition itself is going to, you know, drop any. I think, you know, obviously going up from a tier to tier or division to division, it's going to, you know, it's going to um, gradually increase. So, it's gonna be. I'm, so, I'm seriously. I'm so excited to see this. I cannot wait. Oh man. Um, but that man is all I have for you today. I'm gonna to go ahead and hand it back over to Oscar. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome, Melinda. I mean, uh, everybody's excited for you guys, uh, especially with the news that you guys have been upgraded. Um, so before you go, uh, what did you think of the storm? They've put together a really good program in 2019. They were very competitive against Cali War. Uh, they stayed very competitive last year. So now, you know, they're almost on the same type of momentum that you guys were in a couple of years back. So they're starting to build that program in Nevada. Uh, they've got a very solid program, yeah. Uh, definitely, um, you know, um, hats off to them. Um, it was a it was a good game. It it really was a good game. And as I always joke, if we had 15 minutes more, we would have had them. Um, and uh, but I, yeah, you're right. They're a strong program. They're definitely going to be a, a contender. All right, we're really excited. Um, anything fans need to know about you guys? Uh, you guys doing any uh, fundraisings for uh, where they need to go? Is it just Orlando uh, Anarchy Women's Football on Facebook and? You guys got Instagram right, and, and things like that in terms of support, right? Right. www.cfanarchy.com. Uh, we are OA Orlando Anarchy on Twitter. Um, we've and going back to the sponsors, um, we were able to set up and have discussions with EA Sports, the folks who make the uh, Madden football games. We were able to have a tour and a discussion with them, and they're very interested in women's football. So. You know, they're part of my dialogue right now. Um, like you said, the travel team for um, the WFA, uh, Candace Hunter and Paige Cox, are playing in that game coming up on uh, the 29th. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, South there's Beach. a lot of different – I'm sorry, say again. No, I said right down south in South Beach. Yeah, and, um, you know, we've reached out. We've done some um, sort of like mini camps with the girls and boys clubs here in the Orlando area, and um, just really having a, a good time with the community. And um, just you know, I always say that you know, if anybody's listening to this, find out their closest women's football team, check them out, show them support, and tomorrow tell five people about women's football. That's how we get it growing. Awesome. So, Melinda, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it. We're all excited for the Orlando Anarchy to kind of showcase their talent in the Florida Swing, and then hopefully we we get to see you once again rise into the playoff mode and Colorado, the destination over in Golden, Colorado. So really, really excited. So uh, shout-out to you and your players and obviously getting yourselves in uh, into this higher tier. Thank you, and thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Have a great evening, okay? All right, you too. Bye-bye.
All right, guys. Uh, Melinda Sparks of the Orlando Anarchy. And uh, from one boss lady, we're going to go to another boss lady. And um, my cool friend is Nicole Rodriguez. And she is the Beverly Hills boss. And she just put out her book out there. And so, Nicole, how's it going? Welcome back. Hi, Austin. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you clearly. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure. It's so good to be yeah. on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Nicole, you're on with myself and then uh, Holly Custis and then Mackenzie Ooh. Brooks as well, the two uh, women's American football players that play in the uh, women's leagues in the United States. Um, Nicole, read the book. I got it on the uh, on the uh, ebook because I couldn't get my you oh. know, physical copy yet, but got the ebook. Uh, so, chapter two, chapter eight. Um, so even chapter four, so, uh, a lot of cool info, like for me, uh, but everybody Aww. I think is going to be really excited to read it all and, uh, get some real good insights and good feedback on that. Um, but so congratulations on that endeavor. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And you know what? Do me a favor, DM me your address. I will sign one for you and make sure that you get. Oh that. no. Are you serious? That would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you were literally so one awesome. of the first 10 the people best. to buy my book. And I was like, oh, wow, like, what the – and, yeah, so I was really, really excited about that. And you're just – you're always so supportive of everything. And I just it's you know, you're amazing. I wanted to show my appreciation. And I follow you oh, on thanks. your group and everything else. So uh, you do – you yeah. did such a tremendous inspirational person that you are. So really, really awesome. Uh, Nicole, uh, tell us a little bit about how this came about. I know you've, you've done it on social media already, but for the most part, our audience, uh, you know, nice, uh, nice uh, organization that you've built from scratch with yourself yeah. and our and PR group. And now, you know, kind of like give back some insights to people on how they can actually do what you've done, right? That's right. That's right. So I actually had an idea for writing a book back in 2012, but I think – there's usually a, a book or an idea that lives within all of us, right, depending on our background, strengths, whatever. And I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to write about, but I knew I wanted it to be a little bit of an unfolding of my story because back in 2012, things were really starting to come together with regards to my career, and I was really feeling like, wow, so many of the hardships that I had endured – it's like it's coming together and it was all supposed to happen, right? By that time, I was a director. I had just moved to L.A. and, and kind of started with my dream of like, wow, I think I could live in Beverly Hills. Like this was always a dream of mine when I was a teenager watching Beverly Hills 90210. And I thought, well, you know, my gosh, this is, this is all happening in my real life. Like I wonder if I could share some of this stuff with people and, and help them understand that obstacles should be celebrated instead of, you know, complained about, which is what, what many of us do. But it wasn't that the time, right? It wasn't really, oh, there's something missing. And what was missing was NRPR. I hadn't started my company yet. I hadn't gone through some major hardships of actually building a company with my own money from the ground up. No one else's help. I mean, this company started with me, and now I have 17 employees, you know, four locations, um, incredible clients, you know, and this was the vision, right? And so when it comes together and it just feels right, I was like, this is it. 
this is the time. Now I'm ready. Now I know why all of those things happened. Not only am I living in my dream city and I've been here a decade and can celebrate that, but I can say that I've gone through the really hard, hard, hard stuff that people don't know about when you start a business. And I think that's why so many businesses go out of business within the first five years because entrepreneurs who are like, I'm going to start this. And then they realize how freaking tough it is. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to go apply for a job now, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so the fact that it's like, I, I got that threshold to where I really, really felt like, okay, I've earned my stripes. And now I can honestly say I can share this with people and give them this advice, save them the time, save them some of the headaches and also help them reflect too. And I think, you know, you'll, you'll, you probably read that in each of the chapters where it was like, okay, it's your turn. Now think about your situation, right? Like, so it gives people an opportunity to also reflect to make sure that they're gut checking themselves because I'll tell you, being an entrepreneur, starting your company might sound like all fun and games, but I'll tell you, this is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Like, you know, it, it, it'll shake you to your core, you know, and, um, and that's why it's like, okay, this is, this is the time because now I can celebrate the fact that I've, I've done this and I've come so far and now we're better than ever, you know? And my first year was like tears, like, why am I doing this? Oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, five years later, we are, we're flourishing and getting better by the year. And now I'm, I'm ready to share. So Beverly Hills Boss um, really is just that, that culmination of all of it coming together. And, and at the core saying, look, I was 15 years old and told my best friend, I'm going to move to Beverly Hills. I'm going to drive a black Mercedes. I'm going to have a business. I'm going to hobnob with amazing people. And he looked at me like I was high. He's like, are you, are you okay? You are not rich. You are not from Beverly Hills. You don't belong there. You don't know anybody there. Let's just work on this project and stop dreaming. And, and how many of us actually get that, right? And I'm happy to say that he's still one of my best friends. <laughs> you know, I understood what he was doing, but that's why it's called Beverly Hills Boss. It's like I became the boss of my life. And nobody can tell me what to do, and nobody can take that back. And so I want people to learn how to get that power back for themselves. And we know uh, from experience, you know, like certain people are going to go, hey, this is the way it is. And you're like, no, I want to go to be something different, right? That's right. Because <laughs> you're telling That's your story right. about, oh, I'm from, I'm from Fremont. And everybody's yeah. like, well, you're going to have to live and die in Fremont, basically. <laughs> what are you thinking yeah. about Beverly like Hills? That's literally what exactly. I get all the time too. When people go, you can't do that. On, you can't create something, you know, at social media and and make an impactful thing and all this other stuff. And that was some of the things right. that I got when I first started my branding too. It's like the all the negativity and the noise. But if you pay attention to yeah. that, you're never going to make ends roads. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's where it's like you have to, you know, like I said, acknowledge that oftentimes people are. They're saying that because deep down I want to believe that they want to protect you, right? Like, hey, don't, don't go, right. like that with that song, don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> you know, don't, mm -hmm. don't go bothering yourself with trying to do that. You know, nobody really does that. So be practical, be safe, don't, don't risk it all, you know. And, and to Tim's defense, we were 15 years old, you know, and, and we, we had literally never visited Beverly Hills ever. For all we knew, it was across 
the United States, right? Like, of course, yeah, Southern California, but it was worlds away. We'd never been there. So I could understand where he was coming from, but we all face that. And I feel like when we're kids, we dream and it's okay. Oh, yeah, I'm going to want to be a fireman. I want to be a cop. I want to be this. And then life starts happening and people get in your ear and it's like, "Mm, cops are this, firemen are that. And cheerleaders, oh, you don't want to be a cheerleader. You don't want to do this. And then we, there are some of us who listen, and then there are some of us who don't. And I'm one of those who just don't. And I'm glad I never did. You know, had I listened to anyone who told me I couldn't become an NFL cheerleader as a mom, or I couldn't start my own business without investors, or I couldn't move to Beverly Hills, I mean, honestly, had I listened, it would have killed the dreamer in me like it does so many other adults. And I'm like, just don't let that dreamer die as long as that dreamer is willing to work because that's what's going to happen. That's going to come in between you and your dream in between is work. If you're willing to do that work and persevere through that, you can actually have the dream. And that's, that's, that's really what I want people to know. It's like, it's all possible. I've had, I mean, I don't know how many you could count in the book, but I wanted to be homecoming queen. I wanted to be first female president at my high school. I was the first to be the varsity cheerleader from freshman year to senior year. I became an NFL cheerleader, and that was a goal I set when I was eight years old. I wanted to move to Beverly Hills. I wanted to drive specifically a black Mercedes. I wanted to, like, and I've done. And, oh, and I want to go to UCLA. Oh, by the way, I just got accepted to go there for my MBA, right? And, and people, I want them to know that. So it's not about like, hey, look at me. I'm doing these things. It's like, no, look at me. I am like totally ignoring the naysayers and you should all do the same. Please work hard and get that dream. You know? There's two things. You can either put something on paper and make it a reality or you can put something on paper and just crumple and throw it away. Just really how it boils down to. So it's either That's you're right. focused or you're not focused. It's just a re- the ra- well, reality of things. You're either, you know, either in really tune willing. with it and committed or you're not. That's exactly right because you will be challenged. There will be things mm-hmm. that it's it's like going through an obstacle course, you know, in in school or whatever it is. It's like, oh, okay, we have to go to gym class and we have to do this obstacle course. And it's not meant to be easy for everyone. It's meant to challenge you. It's attainable for everyone to get through or it wouldn't be set up that way, right? But right. if you like, oh, well, this part of the obstacle course is just too hard, so I'm not going to do it. Okay, well, then you've just given up getting to the end. That's all it is. It's yeah. a challenge. So, let me, uh, yeah. Nicole, let me bring in Mackenzie, who is a talented football hey. player, talented <laughs> MMA boxer, and a little bit of unknown to people, a very talented figure skater as well. So all Amazing. in all, she said, she said no to the nayers because she's done it all. So that's really talented yeah. athlete here that I have as a co-host. So let's bring in Mac here. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And congrats on all of your, you know, athletic accomplishments. It sounds amazing. Thank you so much. You know, I'm just, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's women like like you who you know keep me going. I you know I'm still in my 20s and I'm still always looking for something to do, always looking for something to achieve. Like what's going to be the next step for me going in, you know, to the next phase of my life. So with with that being said, what would you say 
has so far has been the the absolute you know biggest obstacle that you've overcome as of this point? You know, I, I have to be honest, and I feel like the the biggest obstacle was looking at my dream and knowing that my dream meant I had to live and be a little bit broke again after working so hard to get into my career. I think people get so tied into the fact that we do need money for survival, right? Like anybody who's like, oh, money doesn't mean anything. Well, it means something when you don't have a roof over your head and can't eat. And that's a real thing for people, right? That's real. And so right. making the choice, right, when, when people are like, oh, I'd really like to start a company, but oh, I have so many bills, or oh, I live this lifestyle, or oh, I have this, I consciously made the decision to live like I was a broke college student again, right? And I said, if I take everything I have and I look at the dollars and cents and I risk it all, but I just keep working, there's an opportunity for me to grow even bigger than, I, than what I have right now. I could risk it all, lose it all, and have to start over financially, right? And then I just told myself, well, then there's, there's that other one's just not an option. I, I don't want to go and live that way completely broke. But, you know, that first year was a real big wake-up call to all of the things that, like, our, our energy and body desire, right? I like to go shopping. I like to eat at nice restaurants. I like to go and vacation. I couldn't vacation for the first three and a half years of my company's life cycle, I didn't have the money. I kept thinking, okay, I have, I'm getting a little bit of income, but I need to keep putting it back into the company. And that was hard, right? Like, no, Nicole, you need to bite the bullet. Don't go shopping and spend money on those shoes. Get what you need, not what your, your desire is telling you to get. And I think people get so locked into the physical things that show success that it's like, even me, I was like, wow, am I even a success? What do I have? Like, what do I, I've, I've been driving the same car for, you know, eight, nine years now. And, you know, I still have that, you know, I bought the Mercedes 10 years ago and I freaking love that thing. I take such good care of it, but it was like, man, I can't buy a new car because I keep putting money into this company. And it was like, before the breaking point where it was like, okay, I can actually pay myself a decent rate. I left a six-figure salary to go be broke. I made a conscious choice. And so I think people need to understand that, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to challenge you physically, monetarily, emotionally, you know, and, and to go and be successful, to, to reach that point of success. Right. And so, that was probably the hardest part, really enduring and telling myself, no, Nicole, you're not a failure because you're not bringing in millions yet. You've just got to get there with your business. You know, and, and I would have to say, like, just even listening to that, hearing the passion in your voice about, mm. you know, make, talking to yourself and getting it, you know, getting yourself through that obstacle alone of, you know, just not having enough monetary value as far as, you know, being able to get the things that you want, you know, being able to get yeah. the new car. I mean, and I can tell, like, I, you know, I can definitely tell that, you know, you're somebody who has, you know, had to reevaluate how to get to the dream or how to make the dream, you know, come alive again. And I think, 
that's the biggest misconception with dream dream chasing or you know going after something that you're passionate about at least right. in this day and age and you know as far as 2020 is concerned because so many people are you know are just naturally going to tell you that oh that's you know if it's a big dream or something that you can't get instantly it's not going to be attainable when actually it's the complete backwards opposite you know that's why I want to work to get there because that's the goal that's, right. that's what I want I see it like you know you see it you envision it you go after it it's just like the amount of life, you know, creating your own business, you know, making some kind of team or athletic, anything. And I think that's, that's what people don't understand is that things yeah. that you want are going to take time to get. And you are somebody who definitely understands that. So oh, yeah. huge kudos to you. Like I just, I am, Thanks. I'm just smiling right now because listening Yay. to your story and, and reading the parts of the book that I have, I'm just, whew, girl, yes, that's me. <laughs> like, that's where I'm trying to be. When I get older, man. Aww. So That's right. you know, you you now you've now got you know you've got your own business. You and it's very very steady. What would you say would be the next you know the next goal or next uh, milestone as far as um, you know with your business, whether it's with your business, whether it's with yourself personally, you know what what's something else that you want to add to you know to and the NRPR tier of achievements. Yeah, no, that is such a great question, and uh, it it actually leads leads me to like the the end of the book, right? Like the last few chapters, where you know, so many people, especially growing up in a town like Fremont, where I felt I didn't understand why, but I felt like a fish out of water. I just I wasn't I wasn't in the element I needed to when I was in my you know, late 20s, early 30s, something wasn't connecting anymore. And I really, I mean, I love Fremont. Thank, thank God for that city and, and where I grew up. But you get to a, a point in life where people say, well, you're not married with 2.5 kids and a dog and a house and a picket fence. And, oh, Nicole, you know, you should, are you going to slow down? You work so much. That's just not attractive to men. And, well, you know, you're you're trying to be so successful. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm trying to get to like Boston and whoever I'm going to be with has to be a boss and he needs to be up there and he needs to be just as busy and just as awesome and, and go chase dreams and have goals. And in Fremont, it was kind of like, um, yeah, no, <laughs> you know? And so I, it, it would feel weird to me. And, and it was like, okay, I need to go somewhere where this is more of my speed. And so I have. I've been working, working, working. My company has been doing great. I'm looking forward to getting my MBA at UCLA because of the exposure it's going to give me to really, really big opportunities and other people and big companies. And I feel like, you know, we're going to be able to grow NRPR based on relationships that I'm going to make there and all the key learnings that I'm going to take away from class. I'm just, I'm a constant learner. So I can see NRPR, you know, we're in our sixth year now. By the time we hit our tenure, we're going to be, you know, my, my goal is to make us one of the top 10 PR agencies, PR and marketing agencies in LA, not just Beverly Hills. Of course, we're one of the top in the Beverly Hills and we're very well known, you know, nationwide, even worldwide. We have a lot of international clients, but I want to make it to that top 10 list in LA. Like that's a big thing for me because there are a lot of huge firms 
And uh, they've been around for years, right? Decades more than, than my company. And we're the fastest growing, I'll tell you that. We definitely are the fastest growing. But I want to be in the top 10 within the first 10 years. That's a big goal for me. So that just means that comes with more work. And once, you know, once that happens and, and things are in a good place, I, I want to switch gears and focus a little bit more on my personal life. You know, I, I want to set that example for women who have um, that desire to work hard but still know that deep down we all crave, we all crave partnership. We all want connection. Yes, we can do it alone, but that doesn't mean we, you know, we have to or force ourselves to. It's, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm realistic. It's just that I'm a woman who wanted to do it a little backwards. Many are like, okay, great, college, and I want to find a husband and settle down and then maybe get into my career. And I was like, no, I want to go to college. I want to fucking rage on my career. Sorry for the F-bomb. I want to just rage in my career and be so successful so that I can like attract a, another Titan and walk alongside him. And we're going to be great. We're going to be, you know, a true power couple. And so I'm doing it backwards and I want other women to know that it's okay. And, and that doesn't mean that I'm setting myself up for single dumb forever. No, it's not. And on the contrary, if I wanted to be married, there are probably about three phone calls I can make and be married tomorrow. But that's not what I want. It's not just go, how I girl. want marriage. I, you know what I'm saying? Right. You go, girl. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I want that. I want love. I, I want the career. I want it all. And I believe that now so much of what I've already attained, I feel like it's possible, right? I can have it all. I can have love and success. And, I, and, and I'm just doing it the, you know, the quote-unquote opposite way. But maybe I'm paving a path for other women, you know? Uh, I, I guarantee you there were other women who felt the way I did in my 20s. Like, is there something wrong with me? Why am I so driven? And I don't just want to marry this guy when everybody else is telling me that's what I should be doing. But it wasn't in my, that's not what I wanted yet. So there we go. So that's, that's another thing for me personally. I, I want to show that it's, it's totally okay to do it the other way around. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I yeah. love man. I love you, girl. Yes, <laughs> and I think I think that's what society these days, or at least in this generation, is missing. Is it's okay to be different. It's okay to yeah. do things outside of the box. Like I mean, for like I'll just take myself for example. Like I had I, you know, did the traditional way for you know grade school, then hopped into mm-hmm. college. Right, at, right after high school and ended up mm-hmm. failing out my freshman year, I had to, you know, I had to take a break and start all the way back over um, yeah. and then graduate. And now I have two, I have two separate degrees and I'm working on a minor right now. So, and I, and I think, yeah, and it's, it's been, you know, it's, it, it's not been easy, but like, you know, like the both of us have said before, you know, nothing worth something is easy attaining, period. That's it right. doesn't matter what it is. That's right. Um, and, you know, people are so, and, and they're just so concerned with making sure you fit into a box or making sure you Ugh. fit into some kind of stereotype. And I just, I don't have time for that. Like me personally, right. I don't have time for stereotypes because if that were things, I, you know, I wouldn't have skated. 
you know, you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have been able to get to become an NFL cheerleader. You know, you wouldn't uh-huh. be, uh, you know, just about to be going to UCLA. You know, I wouldn't be doing all the things I would, you know, I'm doing and so on and so forth. You know, it just follows down the chain. So I just think, yeah. you know, you're, you're literally a living testament of like, why do I have to fit into a box to get what I want? I can yeah. step outside the box and then some and get what I want. And then if I want to go back into the box, I can, but more than likely it's not going to happen. That's right. I'm going to make my own box. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance to the beat of my own drum and I'm going to live and I'm going to be happy because nobody, nobody on this earth can make you quote unquote happy. You could have someone and be in a relationship with that person. It's not that person's job to make you happy. It's that person's like, it's nice to be able to walk on a path with someone and you both be happy because what you're doing and what you're creating in life is you're creating your own happiness and they just get to enjoy it alongside you, you know? And, and that's really for me what I've learned so much that it's like, I can't put my happiness on anyone or anything. Happiness has to continue to be created every day by me through the things I do, through the things I accomplish it, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't, you know what I mean? I, I tried that in college and it didn't get me anywhere. You know, the high that I love, the high of success. And every time I hit a goal, that trumps every high I've ever tried in college. I don't miss any of that. I don't need to feel that, like, what's the word? It's like um, artificial, right? And temporary. This, it's like by working hard, I create that like those endorphins that flow naturally it's just it's you know it's crazy and I I wish other people knew that and I'm not like oh don't do drugs because believe me I mean I freaking tried them right I of course that's how I know but I if I tell people you've tried that why don't you try setting about four or five little goals and reaching them and see how your body feels you're going to start chasing the big ones man you start chasing those big highs <laughs> and, and then that becomes, you know, that the drive, it's just, it's insane. It feels amazing when it happens. And then being able to share that with others, it's infectious. Oh, absolutely. Man. Oh, you girl. Yes. I live for you. <laughs> All right. Yes. And then, and, and, and you know, that's just, that's just what it is right there is, is, is like I said, it doesn't matter what the goal is or what, you know, what it yeah. is that you want. If, if it's your goal, you go after. Nobody can tell you how to get to your goal. That is your goal. That is something you want. You're not about to sit here and tell me how to get to my goal. Yeah. You may have had yeah. a similar goal and have reached it, but you are not me. Like, yeah, I am not you. Right. You're not anybody else. You are yourself. So I'm going to sit here and do what I have to do to get to my goal. If you want to stay here and help Cool. If you want to, you know, support me, awesome. Hop on the train. If not, get out of my way because I got places to go. That's right. That's exactly it. And you have to pay attention to the people and the energy that they bring. I don't care what anybody says. We all bring a certain level of energy, right? And my energy doesn't work for some people. There are some people who are very like, oh, well, that's so fast. And that's, so, and that's okay. My energy might not work for them, right? But that just means, okay, I need to I need to be making phone calls to the people who are going to hype me up because there are going to be days where I'm feeling low when I know I need to recharge those batteries. And, and you've, just, you've got to find those energy sources, and we all have it, right? We are all sources for each other. 
And um, that's why it's like, okay, you want to complain? I'm, I'm probably not a really great friend, especially when I'm in the middle of studying and working and taking care of my daughter. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That just means that I don't have the time to sit and spend seven hours talking about drama. If you've got drama, please call somebody else. I don't have time. I have goals to reach. So it just and I, I've had to have that conversation with friends. Like, uh, I, I apologize, but if this is the type of friendship you need, sounds to me like it's a little too high maintenance for what I'm trying to do right now. And I've been super, super focused on that. And, and soon, you know, it, your friends start to understand. And it's like, oh, you're really getting after it. You're not just blowing me off just to blow me off. You really have things that, that you're trying to do. And it's like, yeah, I'm not, not trying to be, you know, mean or whatever. It's just... I, I only have so many attention units in the day, and I have to put them in the places that are going to help me reach my goals. And, you know, it's not forever. It's just for now. You know, and for now, I need to stay focused. Whew. Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, Madam, you're just, just inspiring Mackenzie, and Mackenzie is known, known as a salty one. <laughs> You're on in the car. Uh, look, you know, I, look, I'm not I even gonna lie. Her. I am right now, like I'm literally pacing my room back and forth because I'm just, Girl. I'm so hyped. Like I'm ready to do the next whatever's on my list because of this interview, and I'm just like, let's go, let's do it. But you know, I, I appreciate you giving all your insight and coming oh. on a podcast. You know, you know, for totally. being, for someone like me as as self motivated as I am to to you know talk to somebody that's almost that matches my motivation and then some yeah. is yeah. freaking phenomenal. So, and I'm done picking your brain for now, but uh, <laughs> don't be surprised if you get a friend request or follow oh, from myself because please. I am just, I, I live for this right now. I do. So I am going to hand it back over to Oscar. Uh, okay. I appreciate you. Wow. Girl. Yeah, yes. girl. Same. Same, same. Keep doing, keep doing your due twenties. You've got the, the time, the energy, just get focused and get after those goals. You can do it. That's so, so amazing. I, I love your energy. So I, I'm sending all of my good vibes and good luck and good wishes your way. You've got this. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, Nicole, what uh, an amazing uh, time with you. It's always an amazing time when you come on and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of, uh, the Raiders and stuff, but we're kind of a little bit out of time because mm-hmm. we've got another uh, interview coming up. But I really, really appreciate making the time. Uh, congratulations once again on the book and, um, you know, everything you've, you've, you've accomplished so far and you've done it so well. And uh, shout out to your team out there as well. And uh, they've Aww. done a great job as well for it. Um, but I really, really appreciate you coming on and inspirational you are. And uh, I follow you all the time, like I said, and you're always uh, giving us great insights and stuff like that. So what an amazing person. Oh, no, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And for anyone who's interested, www.beverlyhillsboss.com, like check it out. I even give a free report, even if you don't want to buy the book. They're literally small mm-hmm. excerpts, like 10 absolute no-fail things that I've given. Like, please, if you if you don't do these things, you will freaking – you know, you'll take your career to the next level if, you know, if, uh, if you pay attention to those tips. So even that, like, I'm just here to help. I'm here to be a, a guide and resource. So I'm, I'm glad that this was helpful. It's always nice being on your show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you guys can catch Nicole on YouTube of all yeah. places. So if you don't go to the Facebook group, 
you go to the YouTube channel there and you can catch her there, Beverly Hills Boss. Just use the search, plug it in, and take you right there. And there's plenty of episodes right now on a lot of things, not just uh, being a boss, but, you know, perspectives on a PR and everything else. So thanks a lot, Nicole. Yeah. I, mean, I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You're, uh, you're the best. Okay. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, uh, Mackenzie, there you go. Uh, one of my probably best resources to go to on a daily basis and usually go and, and she's got videos out there and she's posts stuff out there for just, you know, just kind of like giving you food for thought and giving you perspective on that. And I read a lot of books, you know, with a, a lot of entrepreneur type people. And, and she's one of those people that obviously has made such a great impact, not just uh, by, her, by herself, but all, overall herself just get into another level. And she's won so many awards for her uh, agency. And now, like she said, she, you know, her, her attitude is just to be a top dog in just the LA market. And I think she's on way on, you know, way on her way right now to achieving that. Man, look, Oscar, like, you know how self-motivated I am. Um, I'm definitely positive. She just took my motivation to a completely different level. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, Holy cow! Yes, girl. I I can't. There's I have nothing to be salty about tonight. Absolutely nothing. Not one thing. So Mac, if you're in your 20s, she was in that perspective too, and she was. You're out of like what little Iowa, if you want to call it that. You know, people snub at that, and they'll do that. She was at a you know Fremont. Oh, what's Fremont, right? And now she's in probably oh, yeah. the biggest city in you know what number two city in the nation. And she's killing it in Beverly Hills. She's just, she's just amazing. Yeah. She's just awesome. Man. And just, just the fact that, you know, she really knows what it's like. She comes from a smaller town in a smaller state. Mm-hmm. I live in a smaller smaller state, I guess, if, you want, if that's what we're going to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's almost – and this is super cliche to use, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's almost blue-collar, like – Success that you find at least these days, you know, big company names, booming company names, such just, you know, just like Nicole. And the work ethic, I feel like, comes from, like, the roots come from the smaller town and smaller states. You know, because, you know, smaller towns and smaller states don't have a lot of the bigger resources. and They don't have a lot of the bigger names. You, know, you, have, to, you have to create that name from where you are currently or where you were at the time. So listening to her and applying it to my life currently, holy cow, yes. Hey, uh, Mac, how bold was it was like, she says, hey, if I wanted, uh, I get like, I can make three phone calls and people will be hook, hooking her up right away because she's that attractive and that beautiful. But on top of that, totally intelligent. And how confident is that? <laughs> that was that's but, pretty the, bold. The, that's the confidence I'm trying to get. Like, I mean, really, like as far as, my life is concerned right now is just more or less talking about the athletic side and trying to build myself mm-hmm. as an athlete. That's how I'm trying to be. Is like I'm trying to be that person to be like, you know, if I want something or if I need something or if I, you know, if I am looking to do something, I can make those phone calls, bing, bang, boom, you know, we can get it done, you know, this, that, and the other kind of thing. So I'm just like, man, like she is goals. Like, honestly, real life goals right there. Yes, Nicole. She is awesome. She's awesome. So you guys can follow her on YouTube, Beverly Hills Boss. You can go to the NRPR group on Facebook as well. 
and she's got a Facebook group as well as Beverly Hills Boss as well, so you can actually join that, the group as well. So shout out to Nicole Rodriguez, just a badass boss. Um, let's do uh, our next uh, huddle, and that's going to be with Nate Ward, and we're going to be talking XFL Week 3. So let's bring in Nate in the house here. Um, Nate, are the Dragons going to replace the Seahawks? Just the fanfare is so huge. I think they've got a little ways to go, but you never know. Um, right now, it seems like they more or less want, you know, everybody's head on a platter at this point, even though we're only in week three, especially, you know, Silvers. But you got your kid, Austin Paul, out there. What are you complaining about? Right? Right. Well, that that and, you know, everybody wants to conveniently, for, conveniently forget that we're missing, you know, part of the offensive coaching staff so that doesn't help anybody and you were you were a little salty uh nate on some of the things that are happening in the xfl so i mean i hadn't i've kind of just on your uh twitter feed and i mean your facebook uh, feed and some of the things that are coming out so you do have some legit uh questions there in terms of you know why you know they're not doing certain things but overall it was a great weekend for week three. St. Louis packed the house. They would never have packed the house consistently uh, for my Rams. Uh, so we'll see if, you know, the Battle Hawks are going to drive uh, the fanfare. And McKenzie, your Battle Hawks, man, that St. Louis hub was just killing it. And I feel bad for the uh, New York, is it New York Guardians, I think it was, the quarterback. That guy was just a knucklehead. Look, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie. I was definitely salty watching that game. I was very irritated. In fact, <laughs> there was a point where I was about to throw the remote control at my TV because I couldn't stand to watch it. And then miraculously, bada bing, bada boom, here we come rallying back. And then the Guardians start to fall apart, and Mac is no longer salty. And this, this is like, this is now, you know, I don't want this to become a pattern, but I feel like it's going to be a pattern only, you know, because going to third and fourth week, new season, you know, new or remake of the new league. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm trying not to get my saltiness up to a crazy level, but it's football. So I can't help it. This is what happens. I can't help it. Now, Mackenzie, the, the Battle Hawks played pretty well. Uh, good running game. Quarterback was really good. I mean, they just – literally embarrassed New York and New York beat the Vipers the week one. And everybody thought, Oh my God, New York, you know, we're going to root for a team. The best Twitter quote out there was this, is this the Jets of <laughs> the XFL? That was pretty low, but <laughs> the guardians are, Look, uh, they, oh, haven't, man. they haven't guarded awesome. some fanfare in New York. I get it. They're, they're being brutal. <laughs> man. When I saw that, I, to be honest, water came out my nose cause I was laughing so hard. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But in, in the fact, like I said, you know, last week and the week before, it may not be the football that we're used to as far as college and, you know, college and NFL, but it's football. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're passionate about the sport and you love the sport, you're going to be interested, whether your interest is high or low. For me, it's, it's football, so I'm excited, and it's something new. I mean, there's, I, I have questions as well, but I'm hoping they're going to be answered, you know, by the end of the season. So, you know, it's just – and I think it's it's just – it's going to be that trial and error process, you know, whether it's team, whether it's 
organization, whether it's, you know, creating fan bases. I mean, unless you're St. Louis, because St. Louis has a huge fan base, and it's only week three. I love it. Well, they're, the Cronky uh, Sucks uh, chants were on at the Dome. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> they got no love lost for the Rams yeah. owner. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So they were salty in St. Louis at the Dome, and they could have given the middle finger to Cronky all day, <laughs> which they did. Um, so as a Ram fan, I, I'm, I'm totally, I get it because I can't control the owner's stuff, but, uh, I don't think my Rams, even in St. Louis were as hot as these battle Hawks. So, I mean, credit to the, to the, um, the team there. I really think they're going to, they're going to do really good. They're two and one now. Um, the guardians, uh, Nate, the guardians, the last two weeks, they're getting spanked and, and they were on this high week one against the Vipers and the Vipers, the last two weeks have improved. Yeah, um, I know. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say on that 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 Twitter quote you mentioned. I was gonna say, you know, if if it wasn't for the Vipers coming to life the last two weeks and making things interesting, both Seattle and uh, and Houston, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, I'd be right there with them. You know, are the Guardians, the Jets, but the, the the Vipers may have had something behind them. But uh, yeah, no, we saw. Um, Let's see, actually, two different teams struggle. We saw the Guardians have their collapse over the last two weeks, and we saw Houston almost get uh, get upset. So we're seeing a, a, a turn of the tide. The Guardians, though, coming out the gate, I thought they were the team to beat, regardless if it was Tampa Bay. They looked good on paper, and now we're seeing mm, may not be the case. But then again, we also you know got to see the Battle Hawks home for the first time and their energy in their environment. So there might have been something to be said for that. I can tell you right now, um, if if I was the coach on that Guardian team and my quarterback is questioning my game plan at halftime and personally tells that the game plan sucks <laughs> before the next half, I would have put in Luis Perez like this week at starter, not had to wait till the fourth quarter to have Luis Perez score the only touchdown. If they hadn't put in Luis Perez, oh, no. they would have been laying an egg. How stupid is Gilbride? How dumb is this coach? He's got to be dumb. Well, and, and furthermore, that that I mean, that whole interaction came what the first half, and then he waited how long? No, you you don't do that. If somebody questions your integrity like that, you know, I'm they're they're finding the bench very quickly. If I'm in that situation, you don't you don't do that. You you know, you look for ways to regroup, but you don't point the finger. I, I love the phrase. You point one finger at somebody else, and three more are pointed at you, and that's exactly what happened. Mackenzie, if you call out your Nebraska head coach. Uh, on a bad two quarters, <laughs> your ass is going to be benched. I can tell you right now from your Nebraska coach. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be benched, and I'm running extra for the next month <laughs> after practice. Like, oh no, I mean, and look, when 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 I was watching that game, and you know, the just the interaction between the court, the court, like, really, first of all, if you have an issue with how something is being ran, especially as a starting quarterback. I would think most coaches would take that, you know, take your what you have to say or think into some kind of consideration. Not during a game. Why? Not during a game. Okay. You, no. You have, oh. I'm like, I'm so frustrated as a player. Like, and to be honest, I was waiting for him to be benched and for his presence to be put in. I, I, in fact, I waited probably 
So I was like, okay, middle third quarter, he's just gonna coach is gonna get fed up. Didn't happen the fourth quarter, and I was actually irritated. He didn't get benched sooner, but you know whatever. I am not the Guardians coach. I am a player, however, and I right. definitely understand the frustration. Yeah, I had a tweet back to uh, I believe it was the Guardians, and you know how their hashtag is on duty. So I had a tweet back that says not on duty. Just pretty <laughs> embarrassing. We're not on duty. Just, so I made a Twitter re- reply yeah, there was to them. No duty because, to yeah, be had they were there. just like, they're not on duty. Zero duty. <laughs> they have been no. on duty for two weeks. And that quarterback has no clue. Oh, my God. I, I, the coach, is, is, uh, is, is he going to be the first guy fired in the XFL? I mean, they go into next week, and they, they look horrible, and they get, they get routed again. Uh, Nate, they gotta, there's got to be a firing of some sort because they, they look horrible. I, 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 I will – I will fall in line with your your Twitter thing there, and I will say if they drop another duty, he will be off duty. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm saying it's like at some point the ownership, the uh, you know the president, the general manager is going to have to say, hey, that's just not cool, and and you're not doing a good job. And he's got personnel. Well, you're looking- I'm sure they got players, but it's you know when your quarterback's right. calling you out, when your team is playing lousy on defense, there's and then they start to play thug football, which is they're getting they're getting bashed and, and everything else off the sidelines. Right. Um, I don't know, man. It's like it took it took until the what, three minutes before the end of the game to put a loose president and he scores a touchdown. Imagine what you have done if you just put him in the in the second half. Could have been more competitive maybe. And see, here's the thing, with with the fact that there's only eight teams and and where they stand, you're not only you're not only looking bad for yourself you're also because there's only so few teams and quality is everything right now because it's the first season, we're only three weeks in. You are putting the the integrity, the quality, and what they're looking for in the league at risk to, to anything. You're risking viewership. You're risking people that could affect the entire league, not just you guys as a team. So you have to make those changes sooner than later. And I see that, you know, if changes aren't – done immediately with him, like you said, within the next week. I, I, I don't see him being around by week five. No, and, and I mean, if you don't make a send a clear message that you just you just don't own this team, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to correct it because Gilbride's, you know, he's on the line. I'm pretty sure they're going to put him Perez to start next week. I haven't heard any news yet, but I'm pretty sure by Friday we'll know, and it's pretty much going to be Perez more likely to start because he would, obviously he lit it up. And it was only for what half five no minutes and five minutes, and he scores a touchdown. Imagine what he can do in four quarters. So, and we already knew what he did with the Birmingham Iron of the AAF. He was pretty talented yeah. there too. So, he was a he was a highlight maker there, and just I mean, just start him, just start him. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. have you have um, you have that game film, I'm sure. I mean, Nate, were you shocked that Los Angeles came out and just completely? bashed the defenders because I was on I was on FanDuel and all my cards on FanDuel were like hey the defenders are going to take it you know Ross and and Fornham and Rogers and and man did I lose money it was just horrible they just uh, you know Johnson and and McBride I mean they just they just took care of business against Washington Washington uh what's his name uh Jones just looked horrible oh Jones looked 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 terrible and uh, yeah no but before that game even happened I'm, I'm a part of a couple of different 
XFL fan groups on, on Facebook, and this one guy commented on both of them, and he's like, you know, Wildcats going to take it. We gave him such crap about it. Like, no way. There's no chance. And then all of a sudden you start seeing this game progress, and you see where it's going. You see it's near – it was actually shut out at halftime, and it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. It was like, okay, what happened here between last week and this week for both teams, and furthermore – this. But Nate, you, you know, got to get I mean, credit to the Wildcat defense. They really did right. a number on him. They pressured him. They uh, they boxed him in. He was throwing the ball just out of sight. He wasn't even paying attention to, you know, the route. He just literally just now was trying to time it to where he just throws it. And they were ready for the picks. I mean, he threw like three picks within, you know, what before the half. And I mean, it's just. He looked horrible. They looked really bad, and th- that was not the team that you saw the previous two weeks. Everybody's on a high. They're going to go 3-0, and and, you know, they're all hyped up, and all of a sudden here, you know, Los Angeles just, uh, the, you know, they just came in and just kind of exposed them. Yeah, Los Angeles did their homework, and D.C. never saw him coming. That That's the that's the bottom line. Like you said, he was, you know, wasn't wasn't following the routes. I mean, you like to see a quarterback try to take control of the game, but that was taking control in all the wrong ways. And they, they just read him perfectly. And I was I was thoroughly impressed. And I was very proud of that Wildcats team because they were, you know, got to be the ultimate underdog in that situation. And they came out, they executed well. They read their, their, their materials. They watched their game film. And I was actually, most people were saying, oh, it's a blowout, how can you enjoy that game? I thoroughly enjoyed that because I enjoyed the quality that L.A. played at, bottom line. Yeah, what a, what a, uh, a game for McBride, who uh, was traded to the Wildcats in training camp. I mean, he just literally just lit them up. And so, I mean, I had off to him because he really just put a, a you know, put yeah. a show on. Um, Los Angeles, you know. They were daily, you know, the last two weeks they haven't been looking that great, and now they kind of showcase themselves at a good level. The, the the quarterback change with Johnson, I think, has done really well. He's put up, I think, uh, an average of, what, uh, two touchdowns the last two games and almost close to 300 yards. So the run game has been pretty well, too. So adjustments have been made, and I think that's, you know, credit to Winston Moss for making those adjustments and looking at that. And if you can beat the hottest team, in the you know in this stage in, as, of the XFL, and put you know beat them down thirty nine and nine, oh boy! I mean that's just a statement game right there. That just proves to you that you've done your homework. Um, Nate, we have uh, everybody's PJ Walker hyped, right? This is the, this is the guy, Houston. This is it. We have we, we are engaging, and uh, so now we're going to see hopefully get to see the Battle of Texas at some point here and see if the Dallas versus Houston it going to be the battle, but um, what do you say of the quarterback, Walker? Oh, TJ. <laughs> Where do we start? I mean, anytime you can look at a, uh, a stat sheet and look that it's not a team that scored the most touchdowns in the league, it's one man. You know he's he's eyeing to make a name for himself. You know, they say that this is a an alternative league. It's not a development league. But he is developing himself and wanting to put eyes on, on his product. He's doing an incredible job of that. Um, he's reading plays really well. He's he's eyeing his receivers as he needs to be uh, when he gets open. Uh, his runs, I I don't want to compare him to an NFL quarterback, but I'd say he looks a little bit like Russell Wilson out there. Um, but no, he is uh, 
right now I'd have to say he's everything you want in a quarterback, especially in a startup league. He, um, I, I think I've seen him do any wrong, and I think I think right now Houston, even though they got close, even though they got close, Houston is still the team to be, and they will be the challenge for anybody the rest of the season just because of him. Um, are the Vipers that bad, or is that is just Tressman? I think it's really Tressman because I think they're very talented and just, you know, this past weekend they really were competitive, 34 to 27. The week before they were somewhat competitive. Um, so you think maybe just it's Tressman at this point, or are we turning a corner here in, in Tampa? I think it's just Tressman. I, I think each team has their, their solo pieces because I think it's like, you know, and Bates Trustman for Seattle. It's obviously Silvers. I think you get Daniels in there, and they're you know they they they're stepping it up a notch. So, but no, no, Tampa Bay has the pieces together. I think it's just I think it's just him. I mean, we saw how they look solidly without him uh, against against Houston. How close they came, and uh, you know, see them getting you know getting their first win next week if they keep that up. Um, the Dragons. Somewhat get to get you know uh, the rene- uh, renegades here. Dallas just with uh, Jones kind of getting into a groove here. So really uh, not enough for the Dragons in terms of you know beating the the Dallas Renegades. So uh, I don't think they're going to be you know it's not a panic mode. I think Silver's in company and you got you got pieces there. So we'll see what it turns out in, in week four. But Overall, I think they, they haven't looked horrible. It's just a matter of they got beat by maybe a better team defensively. That's the way I looked at it. They did defensively, but I think also at the same time, you know, I kind of mentioned it when we first started talking a little bit ago, is, you know, you, you have a, a backup quarterback that has proven himself, has the game film to back it up, and yet what's he been doing the last three games, just sitting there warming the bench Well. Jim Zorn puts all his trust in Brandon Silvers, who, you know, has that little bit of lining and that little bit of light, and every other time it's just, you know, he's, you know, fleeing for his life. And that that goes on to the line, too. But I think if you have, you know, an actual legit offensive coordinator in there, which Mike Riley has not been for personal reasons, and not having Zorn juggle GM, head coach, offensive coordinator, whatever else he's doing right now, because those pieces aren't there. I think if you get somebody who's dedicated to that line and keeping them, you know, in line and on track, I think you're looking better. But right now they don't have that, and he's not giving B.J. Daniels a chance. And so you got Silver's out there getting killed. And, you know, we saw a little bit of a decrease in fan base, and I, I, I would hope that it doesn't drop anymore if, if he's started again. But, you know, I, I think they just got roughed up by – a better team at this point, but I think down the road as the teams get stronger, if they don't make those certain key changes and have those uh, personnel in place, I, 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 it's not panic mode yet, but it could very quickly turn into So, Nate, your concern is that they've been outscored 37-6 to in the second half of the last two weeks. That's a big yep. concern. Oh, it's a huge concern. I mean, that shows that, you know, I haven't had the chance to really watch the, the halftime stuff. I know they go into the, the locker room and listen in, but obviously whatever's being said at halftime isn't isn't working, you know. And it's sort of a reversal of roles. You know, you think about the teams that play in, in Century Link, you know, they say Seahawks are second half team, or right now the Dragons are a first half team and that's shooting them in the foot. And that's saying something. Yeah. 
Uh, we look forward to week four. So, um, you know, it's going to be a pretty exciting week. Uh, we'll see if the defenders rebound. We'll see if the Dragons somehow rebound. We might even get to see Tampa's first victory. Um, P.J. Walker keeping, keeping it rolling. Will the Wildcats make it two in a row? So a lot of things for week four in XFL. So you guys can keep tabs on it. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. We got it all low down at, at, on Twitter every Saturday and every Sunday. XFL exclusive on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. So check it out and go there as well. Get the recaps. And we're going to get the you know things from the major media. We'll post up some of the uh, XFL um, highlights also at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. All right. Um, if you guys didn't take advantage of our sale, 40% off those Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the No Joke Football Shop, you guys can still take advantage of some of the sales here, 25% off, up to 25% off going on this week and uh, I believe the next two days. So cho- go to zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties and check it out there. I also want to give a shout-out to all our audience for uh, helping us out on Spotify, iHeart, and Apple, uh, giving us a, a leg up. You want to get to that top 100 in both and in three platforms, and the only way to do that is for you to share the podcast and obviously listen in on replays and, to, and all that. So give us a, a boost, share it with your friends, and uh, give us a, a boost on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. All right, uh, Nate, we're going to be talking right now. We're going to talk Detroit Dark Angels 2020 schedule um, really good schedule this week uh, coming out. And for this year, very impressive. Last year they finished in the finals uh, of the uh, Division Two finals against St. Louis, and they got beat by the, the, the St. Louis uh, Slam. So that this, this year, pretty impressive schedule with them too. They get the Comets, the Vanguards, Comets again, and then they get to face the champs, Boston Renegades. They get the tidal waves from Grand Rapids, the Dynamite, the Rain, and Pittsburgh. So uh, really good schedule at this point. Some, some you know, concerns here. They're going to go at Boston. They're going to go at Columbus. They're going to be going mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh, probably the top three matchups in their whole season. But overall, this Detroit Dark Angels team, if they want to uh, make a comeback from their, from their loss in the final from 2019, they have an opportunity here. I wouldn't say run the table, but they can go five and three or even six and two, something like that. So they have an opportunity. They might just lose to Boston and, and the passion, but uh, you can't overlook the comments. Uh, everything else, uh, their teams are somewhat decent. They should be able to beat the rest of the squad. So looking at maybe a six and two run up or even a maybe five and three at the worst. Uh, so overall they should make the playoffs if, based on the schedule at this point. So, you know, shout out to Detroit for making a great competitive schedule and we're looking forward to it in April. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll, 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 I'll see on the, the, the six and two, you know, you mentioned the, the, um, mentioned, uh, Boston and, and Pittsburgh. I think those are the two, the two toughest games on there. Um, but you know, those are win or lose. Those are good playoff prep I think the other ones are you know had the record and those are the ones that you gain that experience because you get the feeling that you're going to see them later on in the playoffs so I'll, I'll I'll say six and two and just say they're going to get good experience and have a good run up to the playoffs and then know what they're going to do when they get there and eventual last season yeah shout out to our no football athletes Tanya uh, 
Tatiana uh, Blaze, the running back and all MVP last year. Um, so mm-hmm. Tatiana Blaze, just a, a beast out there. You can check her out this 2020 with the Dark Angels. So get they get the Comets on April 4th. They get the Columbus Vanguards on April 18th. April 25th, they go on the road against the Comets. Uh, May 2nd, they face the Division One champions, Renegades. Uh, and then they come home. Uh, they go on the road again to Grand Rapids. Then they come home to face the Dynamite, Toledo Reign, and they finish the season with a little tune-up, like you said, Nate. They get uh, the Pittsburgh Passion, so there might be a tune-up there for just for the playoff mode. Yeah. We we saw, like we were just talking about XFL, you know, we've seen teams that we, we thought it would be, you know, uh, you know, uh, a tune-up and a, you know, pretty sure fire loss, and they ended up coming close to winning. So, I mean, they have a chance. I mean, if, if if anything, I give it more with Pittsburgh and Boston. Boston obviously set up their schedule. We talked about that a few weeks ago. They set up their schedule to really be a challenge, but also a chance for them. So I'd say if I really had to, you know, give them one of the games, I'd give them more Pittsburgh than I would Boston. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, Dark Angels, they're doing the work. They're putting in the work. And so we're looking at 2020, and they want to return to the Division Two Championship. And uh, at this point, they, it's theirs to try to attain. The St. Louis Slam moved to Division One, so now it's literally their their uh, division to win. If they can step it up and get themselves in the playoffs again, they could end up in Denver once again. So, um, if you ha- if you guys haven't gone to the hub at facebook.com forward slash uh go to the hub, and you can get all the details the know-how, the knowledge, everything else that's happening in the women's game internationally and domestically. Uh, Shout-out to um, Mariana Valverde, um, who's known as La Capi, and she was announced as the defensive coordinator for the men's team in Costa Rica, the Southern Knights. So shout-out to her. She's going to be doing the defensive coordinator position with the men's squad in Costa Rica for the Southern Knights, and that was a pretty, pretty awesome um, announcement that was made by um, the uh, Asociación Deportiva the Great Iron Football Americano and so uh, we, uh, season 8 and she's going to be part of the Southern Knights so shout out to her, really awesome and then over in Finland uh, the Fireman's Athlete of the Year award was given to Turco Trojans uh, and Finland national champion Nena Murinen and Nena Murnan's right there, and you get the article there from Finland. You might need some Google Translate to kind of dissect it, but uh, well, congratulations to her as well. And we have one more announcement that was announced, and that was the talented uh, Valkyries, uh, Russia Valkyries, uh, talented uh, running back, Daria Brukovskaya, if I'm pronouncing it right, Brukovskaya, uh, and she will be joining the Turku the Turku Trojans for the upcoming season in Finland. And so because the Valkyries are not going to uh, participate this year, and there was the article there as well as the uh, article from SAJL.Finland, and the Women's Maple League will kick off in May 2020. The championship series of Finland will be defended by the 2019 Helsinki Wolverines, who will also be at the Transatlantic Championship in New York in September. And a new team will be added in the Valkyries' place, which would be the West Coast Phoenix Razios. Uh, as previous season, uh, the previous season, uh, the highest level of women's American football is the Maple League in Finland as a five-team series. So uh, three-time champions Wolverines, 
Turco Trojans, Copio Steelers, and the Tampiri Saints will play in the series. So you can get the article there and the breakdown as well at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. And we're like basically a lot of excitement internationally. If you missed it, like I said, go there. Osafe in Yucatan, the Women's Bowl was played this weekend. Leona's Yucatan against Hell Dogs. It was an exhibition showcase because they're trying to elevate their game to an 11-11 state. And you can get it, the details there and some of the photos from Zona Am- Amateur on at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. And at the, uh, if you didn't get to read the article that Holly and myself were interacting at the beginning of the hour, it is the, uh, the equal lawsuit uh, that is becoming a referendum on women's sports, and that was done by SB, SB Nation. Mm-hmm. That's to do with the United States women's national team, the battle with the USSFF, and obviously FIFA for equality and perks and things like that. So take a look at the article there, share it as well. You also get uh, action from XFL, uh, a lot of uh, highlights from the XFL. Plus week three of the XFFL in Texas, and the power rankings are out, and it's the Generals 2-0 and right now, Phoenix Fire 3-0, and Phoenix, uh, the Vixens, RGV Vixens 2-1, and the uh, the Divas 1-1, Empire 1-2. and So everything that's happening in the Texas swing, We'll get you get get you going there. You can go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, and you can get to uh, watch that as well and take a look at all that that's happening um, on that. So if you want to go and uh, find out what's going on for the 2020 season, wnscfootball.com and wfaprofootball.com. So if you're looking for a team to hook up with, wfaprofootball.com, wnfcfootball.com. And I think the uh, rosters are going to be set probably in March. So if you haven't gotten onto a team yet, it's critical that you do it now before March 6th, I believe, because most rosters in the WFA will be completed by the middle of March. And I know the WNFC rosters are completed by, like, I believe, May 6th. So it's going to be an exciting season as well uh, in terms of the WFA and the WNFC. WNFC National Championship is going to be July 11th, the Nine Cup, the number two Nine Cup, 2020 it will be at Field of Dreams in Las Cruces, New Mexico, July 11th, and then the WFA National Championship July 10th and the 11th at Marv K Stadium in Golden, Colorado, and that will be the WFA 2020 National Championship. Um, just so you know, this weekend, February 29th, South Beach Bowl, it is WFA Team United versus Team World MIFA Lexfa. We'll have coverage uh, and photos as the coverage comes on to us, and we'll get you going there. The other championship that's being decided is the IWFA, the Icon Women's Football Association Championship in the Premier League. Austin Legends taking on the Dolphins this coming weekend as well. And so a lot of football happening this weekend. Also, in Spain, we had the LNFA Femenina, and you get the article there from FIFA.es. You get the uh, information from them. Uh, great so far. There, unfortunately, the 9-on-9 series only has two teams this year because they couldn't field enough players for it. So that was somewhat disappointing. But overall, um, the 7-on-7 series is really entertaining, and you can get it to, to watch some of the high, highlights and games courtesy of our network partners, La Liga Sports out of Spain. And that was the, uh, the rookies rule the 9-on-9 series because they've been champions for a long time. But the real uh, scene to watch is the seven-on-seven. So the Firebats and the Black Demons take a hold of the seven-on-seven series. Um, 
So that was really exciting to to do that in the women's Valencia Firebacks and the Ro- the Rose uh, the Black Demons lead the two groups uh, without defeat. In Badalona, the Drax and the Firebirds, uh, basically they fall for the first time, 40-0 after winning two weeks in a row. You get the recap there, and like I so said, you can go to the hub at facebook.com for its escort and beauties. Uh, so, Nate, look, getting excited for WFA, WNFC, and in the next two weeks here, we're going to be getting excited also for X-League as it's rebrand and see how it's going to go about and more XFL uh, as we go heading into the deep middle season of the XFL and then uh, the championship to come. So it's going to be a lot of football to talk about. And people say football ends after the Super Bowl. Not a chance. No. going to be fun. No, not for us. Not for us. No. I mean, we, we cover it year-round, and football is alive and well even after the NFL. Um, you know, we, we go to Europe after this. We're, we're in the States. We go to Europe. Mm-hmm. We go to Guam. We go to uh, South America. We go to Australia. So it never ends on the women's side because there's a lot of football that's played internationally all year round and a lot of talented athletes out there. Um, what do you think, uh, Nate? Uh, week week four XFL is going to be pretty exciting. See how it's how it's going to break up and how things are going to kind of like start to, you know, separate the top two teams and separate the lower half. And we'll see if McBride keeps his job and if they're going to put Perez in New York. Are the Vipers going to surprise and get the win? So a lot of excitement for week four. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this weekend will, uh, as they say, this will separate the men from the boys. We got um, some uh, very key determining matchups. I mean, Wildcats, Guardians, not much to write home about. But everything else, Dragons, Battlehawks, uh, that'll be a show of shows. Uh, Texas Battle, you know, Hatfields and McCoys, that's going to look good. And then... Uh, you know, the defenders got humbled last week, and the Vipers uh, continue to hit them while they're weak, or will the defenders fight back and redeem themselves? It's going to be a very, very interesting week, and one that we'll be watching very closely. All right, guys. So if you missed it out, um, don't forget, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash If you want to hang out on the weekend with us covering the XFL and covering the games Saturday and Sunday, you can go to the Twitter feed at Beauty. Um, check out our Instagram, both our brand, No York, no York Football brand, and also our Gridiron Beauties on Instagram. Pretty amazing, too. Uh, thank you once again for everybody that went to the shop this weekend. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday took advantage of the 40% off on T-shirts, tanks, and everything else that was on there. So go to uh, the Zazzle shop, zazzle.com for us, Gridiron Beauties, the No Joke Football shop. Take advantage of 25% off. Uh, thanks to the uh, amazing Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, as well as of uh, the present Nate Ward and our guest, uh, Melinda Sparks of the Orlando Anarchy, getting ready for the WFA 2020, as well as uh, the talented and amazing Nicole Rodriguez of Beverly Hills Boss. And you can go check her out as well on uh, YouTube. So for Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez here. We're going to be here for 310, and we're going to talk XFL Week 4. Kind of excited. So have a great night, everybody.